field. That one's called to the right. Hunter on the move. Racing back. It's over his head. It's gone. It's into the bullpen. This game is tied. This game is tied. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. David Ortiz. This is Red Sox beat on CLNS. I think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it because I think it would it, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will. I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. They don't just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we're going to have a ceremony. Like, no, no. Like Now, to your hosts. All right, Red Sox fans and, of course, all baseball fans, Red Sox beat CLNS Media, the leading online provider of your audio and video coverage of the Boston Red Sox. We are here talking Red Sox offseason, talking World Series, just Thomas, no Lauren. Uh, tonight, we have just myself kicking it old school. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore beat, Facebook Red Sox beat podcast at CLNS Media on Twitter for the network. Same thing with Facebook search that will pop up. Don't forget the mobile podcast app as well to listen to all the network shows on the iOS and Android store. And don't forget, our show this week is brought to you by our good friends at Harry's Razors. You've heard of them, you know them, and they're a value like no other. And right now, you can go to harrys.com backslash Red Sox, and you get a $13 value box of goodies on us. I'll let you try them out, check it out there. All you have to worry about is handling. Um, There's a little bit of the shipping. And you'll be taken care of by Harry's and us here at Red Sox Beat. So definitely check it out. Harry's.com backslash Red Sox. Don't add the beat at the end of it. It won't work, I promise. And uh, look, we have a lot to talk about this week, Jess. Kicking it old school, like I said. Uh, no Lauren this week. A lot of Red Sox news, despite them not being a thing anymore. And obviously some MLB news, some managerial hires, decisions. Uh, the World Series is going on. And... Yeah, it's for a week that usually isn't too busy, you know, World Series, and that's about it. It's been pretty packed. Yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of coaching changes, a lot of uh, a lot of changes, period, with a lot of things. So looking forward to getting into it for, here for the half hour. I like how you say that the Red Sox aren't a thing anymore. Like, they don't exist. They just don't exist. They're not, they're not <laughs> the on our minds. They're no longer a team. <laughs> they're no longer a team. They actually got banned from Boston. Kidding. Um, all right, let's do this. Let's start with some Red Sox news. We'll get to the World Series because, man, this World Series has been fun. And if you haven't been staying up late for these games, you might be regretting it every night after, every morning after when you see what happened. But some Red Sox news. Let's start with the coaching changes. Uh, Brian Butterfield and Chili Davis and Carl Willis, all gone. This, they're, they're cleaning house. We, we've talked about it already. Alex Cora is the new manager. And, and they're moving in a new direction with the staff. So Brian Butterfield and Chili Davis are hired both by the Chicago Cubs uh, to resume third base coach and hitting coach duties respectively for those two, what they've been doing as a Red Sox. And Carl Willis has been hired by the Cleveland Indians as their new pitching coach. So let's start with the Cubs, um, and let's start with Joe Madden go- and Theo Epstein going after Butterfield and Chili Davis. Just obviously, you know, offense wasn't great. Butterfield, you know, got blamed for a lot of things, might not have been his fault. Which one of these two are the Cubs going to want more and the Red Sox going to miss more? Butterfield. Butterfield. Yeah, for for several reasons. Um, one, because he's a, I mean, he's a fan favorite. People got to know him. Like he's a very entertaining guy. Like he's, you know, documented a, a huge Patriots fan, and people really got a kick out of that. And um, it just seemed like a great guy, really good coach with like working with the players. Obviously, people had problems with his him sending all the runners from from third base, but you know. 
he was just he was just going along with what the team did with aggressive base running. You know, they wanted to do aggressive base running. They wanted to steal bases, and he said, "Cool, I'll send the, send more base runners." Then, so I don't really lay that on him really much at all. I thought he was a really good coach, and I thought we were lucky to have him. And I I was sad. I was sad to see this happen because I really wanted him to stay because he seems like a really good dude. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think Butterfield was just it's a, it was on the philosophy, right? It was John Farrell said we're we're being aggressive on the base pass. Everybody was on the same page there, and that you know some cases where he might not want to send somebody said you know what we're an aggressive base running team i'm going to send these guys and look butterfield was better and and better known and obviously for his third base antics but he was known as a guy to help develop some players as well like he was really integral in getting hanley ramirez up to speed at first base like he was a big player that's first spring training where hanley was making that transition he taught him how to play first base and he's been good with the infielders on how to be comfortable especially these younger guys coming up I think that's almost where you're going to miss him more than even at third base because, you know, you're, you're going to find a third base coach that goes along with your philosophies. And, yeah, he, I, I think it's going to be more part of he's really well-liked in the clubhouse from players, and he's really good at that small development stuff. He took the time to be there for Hanley as he was learning how to play first base, and I think it worked out pretty well for teaching a guy who had never played first base before, didn't even know how to put what foot to put on the bag when he first started playing first base. And... He was a pretty good quality defensive first baseman. Yeah, he did a great job with that. I, didn't he work a lot with Bogarts too at getting better at shortstop? Yep. He did that, yeah. And like I know he worked on the outfield with some guys. Like he would hit the balls off the monster and like like teach him the angles. Like I'm sure he helped Benintendi a lot with with left field. So and that's all that's all pretty well documented. I mean, there was, that was no secret. So yeah, I think it, it, I think that matters more than the position. Like you said, you can throw somebody out there at third, and you know they'll be okay. They got Ruben Amaro Jr. and he did fine at first base, even though he was a general manager. So it's like I don't think necessarily matters with those positions where they are, but what they do. And obviously, Butterfield spent endless hours working with those guys and teaching them. And I'm sure he was a really patient guy. He seemed like it, and just a really friendly, happy dude. Really is what basically mattered the most so i hope that he wanted to go and that he didn't want to stay here because if they said if he wanted to stay here and they said like nah we're get clean house and getting you out of there then i'm not in favor of that at all well yeah especially when they have they are keeping some people right they haven't abandoned everybody they have some right. kept people on staff so i think it's that one i really do i think the cubs came knocking it was a really good situation where that team's young, and they have it kind of figured out. He knows Theo Epstein's running a good club, and he wants to be part of that. And I think that's a really big reason why. And look, he's going to be awesome for that clubhouse because, look, they took a step back this year, but the Cubs have a fun, young clubhouse, and he's only going to make those players better, and he's only going to you know, be good for that morale coming off a year that wasn't as great as it would have been. For me, Chili Davis, I don't know if people think he's better than he really is. I don't 100% think he's a great hitting coach, um, so I don't really know why the Cubs went after him, but... The Cubs were—I mean—they weren't a terrible offensive team this year, but they did take a step back from the year from last year, winning the World Series. So you got to think that's why they made the change in the first place. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, I don't know if they wanted the two of them to be a package deal or whatever. I think I think Davis is a good hitting coach. Obviously, like you said, the offense wasn't great this year. Lack of power. Uh, he didn't really talk a whole lot, so I'm not. I don't feel like i know him as well as like a person as we did with butterfield and most city so coaches not... don't talk a lot you know to be fair right <laughs> yeah yeah that's a common thing so i don't know maybe it will hurt i know that people respected him and listened to him i don't know it like you said in terms of being a coach i'm sure he was fine you know he, he seemed like he was a good dude um and you heard a few good things about him from a couple different writers but i 
I mean, it'll be interesting to see who the Red Sox get as their hitting coach. That'll obviously change things. Like, if we get somebody we really like, we'll be like, well, fine. Yeah, it's like, it's okay. Like, yeah. If you get some guy who you don't like or whatever, then we're going to be like, oh, maybe, you know. So, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on that one. We'll we'll see on that. But that one doesn't emotionally affect me as much as Butterfield does, at least not at this point. And I think that proves the point of what Butterfield did while he was in a uniform here. It was getting to know the fans. He became a fan favorite, had the personality, and just was it was fun personality to kind of watch from the outside looking in so obviously i think he'll be missed the most shift over to carl willis he gets hired by the indians as their new pitching coach before i go i'm curious how do you feel carl carl willis did as the red sox pitching coach because you know there were ups and downs maybe didn't have the best talent some years but you had david price you had chris sale you had rick porcello and these guys weren't performing in the playoffs now i don't know how much of that is to blame on carl willis obviously you you get the guys got to throw the baseball but some have said that he underachieved here. Yeah, I struggle with this one because, you know, the bullpen was great this year. How much credit to give him that? The starters, you know, some of them were really good. You know, Pomerant, Sale, others not so good. You know, Price last year, uh, Porcello this year. So it's like, I don't know, it's kind of uneven. And I don't know how much you put that on him. You have Farrell, obviously, who was a pitching coach, and everyone's like, you know, Last year, two years ago, why is why is the pitching so bad when your manager is a pitching coach? Why doesn't he do anything? So it's like I have trouble deciphering. Like even with hitting coach too, like how much does each guy do? What are they responsible for? What are they doing or not doing? Like how much control they have? I don't know the answer to that because I you don't see them, you don't like hear them talk enough, or you don't like see what they do because it's you know they're doing their job behind the scenes. You're not seeing that stuff, so I don't really know. Yeah, you know, I'm not in a position to like say like this guy's good or this guy's bad because you just don't see enough of them. So I'm gonna say that he's a good pitching coach. I, but I'm sure he's replaceable too. I mean, the the, the fact that Francona gets him now has got to make me think that he is good because he probably wanted him. He wanted him, yeah. So that makes me think he's good, just knowing Francona. But I'm sure he's replaceable. But I am, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind having him back as well. I like the coaching staff pretty much. Yeah, I, I think them, they're so. cleaning house because they have the ties to Farrell. I think they just want rid of all of it. They want. I'm sure Alex yeah. Cora had some input on these decisions too, even though he hasn't officially been announced yet. You can't just fire these guys if Alex Cora particularly was strong feeling about one of them. You know, he's, he's going to have his input from afar. Uh, obviously, he's got some bigger fish to fry with the World <laughs> Series going on. But, um, right. But like they kept Daniel Evangie, the bullpen coach. Exactly. Yep. If he if Cora didn't want him, they, I assume they wouldn't have kept him. They wouldn't have kept him. That, you know. Yeah. So, so the, like things like that. Um, I think with Carl Willis, I think he obviously is replaced. I think most pitching coaches are. You know, you, there's only so much you can teach somebody at the age of, you know, certain ages when they're that level. It's little things, and you know, if Pedroia can notice some things, then what did Carl Willis do? You know, um, right. fixing, fixing David Price. But I think it might al- get along to the fact of. Did these coaches get along with the players too well, or did they not mesh with them? Like, Butterfield might have just had too good of a relationship with some of these guys that made them feel comfortable, and they don't want that feeling in the clubhouse anymore. They want to kind of put, they want people who are going to put a foot down to the David Prices of the world. Does Carl Willis do that? Does Carl Willis not get along with David Price enough to kick him out, or, or Chris Sale, or is there something behind the scenes? And we'll never know those answers, especially because they fired John Farrell too, but. Right, like as Farrell, are they as distant as Farrell was? Exactly. You know, did they did the players tune out all these guys? Like, and that right. could be because they are Farrell's want. guys, and and that could be part of it. Because I mean, yeah, most times when you fire a manager, that's the case, and that's why you clean house because it's the manager's guys who were in there in the first place. And most people will give the new incoming manager the chance to hire their guys. 
and I think that's what they're doing here. But there is a small part of me that really does believe that Carl Willis might have not got along with Chris Sale, David Price, and all these guys, and that might be why they didn't. He, they just didn't pitch as well as they might have been able to because he couldn't connect with them enough to teach them stuff. And and Chili Davis and m- might have not along, got along with Hanley, and he might not have David Ortiz to rely on to help them fix things. So now Chili Davis looks like a bad guy, and he's got to go. And Butterfield's part of this, and all, you know, there's a lot of things that we're not going to know, but part of me believes that's kind of part of this. Yeah, I wonder with Davis, like how much he relied on Ortiz to kind of just like take care of everyone, or if if he actually did stuff too. I really wish you knew more about the coaches. Like, there's really not a lot said about them no. in the grand scheme, especially compared to someone like the manager or somebody like that, who's just one step up. You know, you don't hear about the bench coach, you don't hear about the hitting coach, the, the batting coach. You just don't. So I wish we did. You I mean, barely hear about the bench coaches, time. and they're the second in command until they're right. about to be hired for a manager job. Like I feel like half the world didn't even know Alex Cora was the bench coach until he got his name came up right. to be the manager. And I bet I bet you a bunch of people didn't know who Gary DeSarcina was. You know, like it's just they're just not as high profile. It's exactly. Just, after the manager, people just don't seem to like know as much, and they're just not as well publicized. I guess. Yeah, and to fit to Jeff's team, we're going to push the coaches aside here and go to the players. Um, <laughs> so good timing on that one. So Dustin Pedroia, let's start there. Um, he had ligament knee re- reconstruction. He'll miss at least seven months. That's May, for those of you trying to do the math in your head. And he missed a couple months of the season. That's part of me. This is it. You know, I've said this a couple times. I've written it. Um, I, I think he's retiring. I, I think he's going to – I don't think it's in his head now. I think that – as the time goes on, he ha- he had the surgery, he does the rehab, he gets close to spring training and goes, you know what, my body's not there, and I'm just not, I'm done with this. I'm retired. I think that's where he's going. Now, we can talk about both scenarios, but for you, how likely do you think it is that he actually plays next season? Oh, 100%. 100%? You don't like no my conspiracy doubt. theory? That's, fun. that's no fun. No, I hate it. Shock- hate shocker, it. <laughs> Jess doesn't agree with me. Um, okay, <laughs> that's what I think's happening. I think he's retiring. I think even, okay, Nunez is really important regardless because someone's got to play second base. And I think Nunez is worth bringing back. Um, so that's something they got to figure out too. Plus who plays first base. There's a lot of stuff we're going to talk about this offseason on the show. But with the Pedroia news, can he really come back fully from this is my question. And is it worth him for him to attempt it to come back fully from this at his age and where, what he's already done in his career? I see what you're, I totally see what you're saying. I totally 100% disagree because that's more fun no and I actually believe that um but <laughs> just I for think, good radio I'm gonna disagree with you right no but I do believe it and maybe that's maybe one because I'm like one of the biggest Dustin Pedroia fans out there as anybody who listens to the show would know um but I don't think they would have done this surgery if they didn't expect him to come back fully healthy because we saw him last year he could not stay in the field because it kept bothering him so much and once it got bad enough he couldn't play but a certain amount of time before he needed to rest for it. He played great when he was playing. Like He had a good average. He had a lot of RBI for the amount of games he played. So he still played well, but at a certain point, he couldn't do much anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think they probably thought, like, if if you just keep delaying this and delaying this, then what you're saying probably would come true. He probably would have to retire because he just can't, like play consistently enough. So I think they did the surgery, and ha- and they're having him miss two months because they think he's going to come back and be healthy because that was his main problem. Obviously he still gets dinged up here and there and has other injuries because he plays so hard and because he's older now, 
but I think this was the big main problem, and they need. They said they're going to fix it. So I think to me that is them saying you're coming back and you're playing, and we're still dedicated to you. I think they should have backup for him, and I think they won't play him every day at this point just because of his age. But I 100% think he's coming back, and they're doing this so he can continue to play. So if he does come back, because that's obviously the more likely situation, because I'm just throwing my my normal spew out there. Um, if he does come back and plays, how important is Nunez coming back to this team, or do they use Marrero? Or do they use uh, Lynn coming out of the minors? Because he was good the times that he came up and played as well. So how important is Eduardo Nunez coming back to this team? Or can they figure it out on, on and off till Pedroia comes back and on the off days like you're talking about if he doesn't play every day? I, I think Eduardo Nunez is really important to resign him because, one, he's a great bat for what you need. And, two, um, he just I think he kind of fits in for what that kind of clubhouse is that you kind of need. Well, this time I'll agree with you. Because even <laughs> though I've said what I've said about Pedroia, I still think that Nunez is important. And, you know, if anything happens to Pedroia, you know, he comes back, he plays for a month, he gets another injury, misses the rest of the season. Say that happens. Then if you don't bring Nunez back and you are, and you do have Marrero, Lynn, Rutledge, guys like that, then you're just going to be struggling with position all year. And then you just look like an idiot for not having backup for him. So I think even if he does come back healthy, just the risk of having another injury strictly because of how hard he plays and how old he is, I think it would be stupid not to have a steady backup for him. So I think he'd be better off with both of them. Yeah, and I think Nunez, too, because the value he brings, obviously, if you bring him back, he plays first. He plays second base for the first two months. That's just his spot. He inherits that spot for two months. And if Padre comes back and is healthy and plays, then you have a guy who can play shortstop, who can play third base, who can play the outfield if really need be. Um, he can he can DH, you know, if he hits the way he's been hitting um, before he got hurt this during the end of this season. So, I think Eduardo Nunez is super important. Obviously, there's other pieces to follow. You know, J.D. Martinez's name has come up a bunch of times. You know, all these other guys who are out there to take the first base spot if it's not Mitch Moreland coming back. So, um, and that's all stuff that we'll talk about after the series is over and um, really going from there. But I, I agree with you in the sense that Nunez is super important. I don't agree. I'm not necessarily agree if Pedro is going to play next season, but we'll have to wait there. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr., another case this offseason, not named a Gold Glove finalist. Sale, Betts, Pedroia, and Moreland all up for the award at their respective positions. I think this is a lot of horse crap. Uh, I don't know how Jackie Bradley Jr. can not be named for a gold glove finalist the way he plays defense. He's on this team too simply because of the way he plays defense. If you watch a replay, if you watch what he does defensively, there are plays that somehow he makes that I don't even know how he makes. If him not if he's not a gold glove finalist, then I don't know what is. Honestly, this is insane to me. How can you have this guy and watch this guy like we do every every game watch him play baseball he's literally widely known as like the best fielder in the league period any position yep and he's not a gold glove finalist so you're telling us three guys who are automatically better without even determining a winner yet than him that's absolutely insane i could not believe it when i saw this i was like He's not even a finalist. I thought he was like a shoe in to win pretty much every year the rest of his career. Yeah, like, I was gonna say he's pretty much possible. a shoe in to be a finalist the rest of his career, and then you win here and there around people. Like him not even being a finalist is sure like, sheer like just complete robbery. Because if Mookie Betts is a Gold Glove finalist in the outfield, then J- JBJ is. If Mitch, and most Mo- people say that Betts is gonna win. Yeah, so if Betts wins, then Jackie Bradley Jr. is definitely a Gold Glove winner. And yeah. if Chris Sale's the gold glove winner at his position. Jackie Bradley is. If Pedroia, who didn't even play a little bit and, you know, was hit and miss this year, yeah. if Pedroia is a gold glove finalist, that's a name thing, by the way, then Jackie Bradley Jr. should have been. 
Yeah. It, it just, I mean, Pedroia should be normally because he's like one of the best fillers in the league and has been for a long time. So I get it in terms of that. I don't know if he played enough games to warrant totally, that. But yeah. Like you said, if, if, if he's a finalist, how the heck is Jackie Bradley Jr. not? Yeah, I don't know how they're going to defend this one. Um, you know, Mookie Betts won that the Fielding Bible Award too, um, so he, he's going to get some accolades. And I, th- I think, I think Betts, I think Betts will win. I think Moreland could very well get a Gold Glove. I don't I think. think, he, I, think I think Moreland will too. I think Moreland went too. That's why you brought him here, right? He was the Gold Glove first baseman you wanted to play first base. Now I don't know if Mitch Moreland comes back next year because there's other options out there: Hosmer, uh, J.D. Martinez, like I mentioned. So. There's other guys with a little more power at the plate to bring back, but I wouldn't be disappointed if they settled for Moreland because of what he did this year. Um, That's great. Yeah. So I think you're kind of the options you have. I think Hosmer might be your best bet, just because of what he meant for Kansas City and what he did, and I think that's what you need. You need that guy. He's a glue guy, Eric Hosmer, and that's what you need next year. So that could be your number one choice, and we'll go back to that later on as well. But I think Jackie Bradley Jr. not being named a Gold Glove finalist is just highway robbery insane that's like the biggest shocker of the season for me yeah. like that just i mean not that these awards really mattered that much obviously we know what he did we know he's a gold glover but the fact that they can't recognize that like who who's butt are these people's heads up like yeah. what how how could you even like justify that i'd love to hear i'd love to hear an explanation from whoever the heck picks this yeah that's seriously insane. this is something that's, that's so something dumb. that needs to go on file for sure and if you're upset about if we just made you a little bit of upset it's okay uh, you're probably a football fan, and it's okay because the wait's over, and football's been back for a little bit now. And you can play on FanDuel, which is fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests starting every week. No busted season, something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from, just starting at $1. It's easy. Like you know, you pick a contest, you choose your team, and you watch your score in real time. Uh, if you go to Red Sox, um, FanDuel.com backslash Red Sox, excuse me, you can play against us. It's Listener League. It's fantastic. We've been doing it. Uh, I haven't done well, might I add, but we've been doing it. Um, and the best thing is, you know, we're at this point where the trade deadlines are coming for your, your year-long leagues. You know your season's busted. I have one league. I have, like, two wins in. I stop paying attention in that. I just do FanDuel because that week you can get a new team every week. And um, I think that's a big thing for us, and, and that's a big reason why you should check out FanDuel. Also, over 2.5 million players have won a cash prize playing fantasy sports on FanDuel, so that's another great reason. You sign up today, you go to FanDuel.com, and you're going to click the Join Now button if you're not already, and you're going to use our code REDSOXBEAT. You're trying FanDuel for free with no deposit required. You can visit FanDuel.com to claim that free offer contest and play for a share of $10,000. Who wouldn't want to share that? Just sign up using our promo code REDSOXBEAT. That's FanDuel.com, promo code REDSOXBEAT, void where prohibited, and I, I, like, I can't talk well enough about FanDuel. Um, but we're going to move on because there's stuff going on in the baseball world outside of Red Sox Nation. And before we get to the World Series, which has been, God, light up fire. One of the best World Series ever, if not the best World Series ever um, in the history of the game. Let's talk about Joe Girardi. He is not coming back as the Yankees manager next year. Obviously, that's a big news. We're being in the same division. He's been there for 10 years. When you think about Joe Girardi, Jess, and this is coming from Red Sox media, Red Sox fan, what do you think his legacy will be as a Yankees manager? A good one. I mean, he won a World Series. He had an extremely good record, and his teams were in it like 90% of the time. And in New York, that's a thing, hard thing to do. I mean, he followed up Joe Torre, which is no easy task. I mean, he's definitely a good manager. He's, you know, he's got a handle on what he's doing. And for them to get rid of him after going to the ALCS, I mean... I hate the Yankees, and I don't like anybody involved with them. Even though it's, I've changed a little more 
recently because I've grown up and I'm not just like, meh, everyone in the Yankees is the worst because that's a little unrealistic. And I mean, he's really, he's hard not to like as well because he doesn't like cause drama and he doesn't like run his mouth or anything. So like, I don't dislike the guy. Uh, I was shocked. I can't believe they didn't bring him back. That's yeah, insane to me. Th- there were rumors about it. And I think the biggest thing that sounds like the case was the reasoning um, of he wasn't putting enough personality into the job like he wasn't human enough he was too much like a robot like that's what i was seeing that's what i was yeah, seeing same. right and yeah. so i don't believe that i don't buy that if you if you really felt that you would have known that five years ago in candom then yeah why was he there 10 years yeah it's <laughs> called you knew he was i guarantee you this was a predetermined notion they didn't want joe girardi managing for the future of the yankees um, because of the direction they were going and they came out of nowhere this year we all said that this Yankees team wasn't supposed to be this good. They were supposed to have a bridge here, rebuild, let the young kids play. Well, those young kids played them into the ALCS, and now Joe Girardi looks like the guy who has job security. Well, no, we didn't really want Joe Girardi anyway, so let's make something up. Just make it sound good so that we knew he was going either way. No, you just didn't want him there. And I wish people and I wish organizations had the, the balls to just say that, right? Just Instead of make this, up some crap is, excuse. Like, why can't you just come down, Cashman or whoever, and just say, this is not our guy, this is not who we want, we appreciate Joe Girardi for everything that he did for us, and it's time for us to change direction. Um, you know, we did really well this year, exceeding our expectations, but this is a direction that we don't want to move in anymore, so we applaud him for what he did this year with his team, and we wish him the best of luck. That's it. That's a nice statement. You tell the truth and move on. I hate baseball managers for how and John Farrell was the king of it. Oh, yeah, you know, he, he, he didn't have his best stuff tonight, but shut up. Just tell the truth. And this is the case example yeah. of it. Joe Girardi should get a job somewhere. Don't know where he's going to fall. Nationals' job is still open. Could end up there, which would be good for him. But look, he did not deserve to lose the Yankees' job, despite people disagree with that. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, it's like, think about it. Farrell was here for five years. Girardi was there for twice that time. And if he was so robotic and not human, kind of like Farrell was, like no emotion, like boring, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Can you imagine having Farrell for five more years, twice the amount of time he was here, just to get rid of like that? After you have one of your best seasons in several years, it just doesn't it doesn't add up to me at all. No, it makes no sense. And you know, they have the talent; they'll be fine with whoever they play because they have that talent. Now we'll see if the youth can back it up next year. They'll make some additions, and then in a couple years, when Bryce Harper is a free agent, that might happen. And put him in pinstripes, and that makes them even better that way. And um, so they have a lot going for them, the Yankees do. And I think right now on paper, the Yankees are better than you. And I think they've proved it, that they are leapfrogging you, and you need to take control and figure this out. And that's what, how important this offseason is if you're a Red Sox fan, if you're a member of the Red Sox. Uh, Dave Dombrowski's got his work cut out for him. And um, you might, the Yankees might not have a manager, but they still have a better roster than you do. Um, so uh, you might have Alex Cora, but you got to figure some stuff out on the diamond itself because Alex Cora can't play anymore. And he wasn't 100% the best player on the field when he played in the first place. So um, before we get to the World Series, uh, one other quick manager note. The Phillies' job is no longer. Uh, John Farrell did apply. He did send in that old resume with the Red Sox logo on it. Uh, but he did not get hired. He got an interview. He got to the next step. He got to go in-house, but he did not get the job. Uh, Gabe Kapler, our old friend, was hired as the Phillies' manager. I don't know how he's going to be as a manager. I kind of forgot he was coaching. Um, but good for Gabe Kapler to get his first job. And he's reunited with Clay Buckles. <laughs> he would say that. Um, honestly, I was a little sad. Um, I mean, obviously, I want Cora. I thought that was the right decision. But like, I had I had dreams and visions of Gabe Kapler being the Red Sox manager. I, I thought about it because I liked him as a player. He was he was a good dude and seemed to be well liked as well. So like, I wouldn't have minded if he was a Sox manager. I saw it got thrown around as well. But obviously, 
that didn't matter once well, Gore. He's one of those guys so. who like he's literally one of those guys who was okay at baseball, liked everybody, but knows the game really well. Seems like those right. are the best managers. Those utility players yeah, are those guys are. who weren't the best at their position, got through a decent career, and but really was well liked in their clubhouses wherever they ended up. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think that he'll probably be a good manager too. He's good with people. So he's got a lot of work to do in, in uh, Philadelphia, and that's good for a first-time manager um, of a major league team. So I think it's a good move for him. But just a small part of me was like, oh, I wish we had him. <laughs> <laughs> just because. But, hey, you got a former Red Sox. You have Alex Cora. So that's always nice. No, I'm uh, thrilled about that. And now nobody says anything bad about the guy. I've read so many articles about how great he is. So I'm not complaining. Yeah, every all. article about Alex Cora since he's been hired is – a, either a player saying he's going to kill it, he's going to do well, we're going to miss him from Houston, or someone in the game saying this is his time to shine, this is what he's been to do, he's going to be a great manager. Hope so. He signed him for a three-year deal, so there's no pressure on him. He's here. Um, yep. they, they, they're backing him up, so that, that'll be huge. Uh, all right, let's get to the World Series. Astros are currently up 3-2. Um, game 6 is happening as we record. Um, Dodgers are still up as we speak, correct? Yep, 2-1. Two, 2-1 two, two to to yep. in the 7th, so... Um, Let's talk about the World Series as a whole, Jess, because you know after this show is recorded, this World Series might be over. We don't know. But this series as a whole has been one of the craziest games and then capped off by Game 5, which finished in 11 innings. Um, homer after Homer begs the question, Jess. Let's start here. Are the balls actually juiced like the rumor and the reports are out there? That seems a little ridiculous to me personally. I, I love that it's a story, though. I think it's I hilarious. Don't, yeah. I don't get why that would be the case. <laughs> it no. It just doesn't make sense. No, I agree with you. Like, these these guys can just hit the crap out of the ball. And look, Houston's been they're hitting the ball. They're 200-win teams. They're yeah. good teams. They're, like, they're both, the balls have to be juiced. Yeah, like, they're 100-win they're teams in the, against the pitchers who haven't been dominant. They're going to hit the crap out of the ball because they're all really good hitters. That's it. Like, um, Springer put the ball over the train tracks the other night um, in Houston. Like, he is hitting the crap out of the ball. And... Look, I don't know who's going to win this series. Um, I'm just hoping it goes seven because, Jess, I, this series has been just stupidly good. It has. It's been really good. It's had a really good combination of good pitching and good hitting as well because you've had your one nothing 2-1 to game, like tonight being 2-1 to right now, and then you have game five being 13-12, to which was 10 innings, by the way, not 11. No, oh, that's um, right. I think 10 was enough for that game, right? It already went like five and a half hours. It shouldn't, even gone, it shouldn't have even gone 10 innings. Giles blew the game. A lot of people blew the game. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Everybody Several times the throughout game, the basically. entire course of the game. Yeah, that was insane. So a lot of three-run homers in that game. So, yeah, it's been great. I mean, it's everything you want. It's two 100-plus win teams, an 101 and 104 win team. And they both are really good teams. They have a lot of good hitters. They have a lot of good pitchers. And it's been a great series. And if this score holds and it goes two more innings, then it'll be game seven, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'd honestly be fine with either team winning because I like the Dodgers connection with, with Dave Roberts being the manager and a former Red Sox player, obviously, and then Rich Hill being from Massachusetts. But then your Astros connections, Core is now the manager of the Red Sox and he's the bench coach. They have Josh Reddick, who is also a Red Sox. They also never won the World Series in their history in fifty five years. So like yep. there's a lot of there's a lot of storylines on both ends. I think I'm rooting a little bit more for the Astros just because they've never won before. Yeah. But I mean, you can't go wrong. They're both great teams. It's been a great series. I mean, they certainly both deserve to win at this point. I almost want the Astros to win because it's not predictable. Like, earlier in the year, it was Boston, Cleveland, Texas even was in the argument, you know? Um, And then in the National League, it was who can catch the Dodgers? Who can catch the Dodgers? 
And look, and the, they, they, can, can the Nationals win? And the, and the, and the, can, can the Nationals stop choking? Answer, no. Yeah. And so, <laughs> look, the Dodgers are in the World Series. Shocker, we all picked it. Like, you right. know, we all said the Dodgers are probably going to the World Series. They're here, and they're gonna, they have a chance to win the World Series. No one thought the Astros were going to be good because they were so bad last year. But right. shocker, Even though they were year. good the year before. Yeah, exactly. It was a bad year. Keiko wasn't good last year when he was in there. And this year, they're at, the Astros went out and got Verlander at the deadline. That sold it for me. He hasn't lost as yeah. an Astro. He has yet to lose as a hu- member of the Houston Astros coming into tonight's game. Coming into tonight, tonight's though, game. Yeah, tonight, tonight, yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's crazy, though, to me. Like, and, you know, if anyone deserves a World Series, that dude. Because he's been pitching phenomenally for his entire career. Red Sox screwed him over in 2013. Should have gone to the World Series. That didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. t- team caught lightning in a bottle. So, look, this guy deserves a World Series more than anybody. And I wouldn't be surprised if Houston wins. Now, I think if it goes seven games, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I've tried to predict this series several times, and it just seems kind of dumb at a certain point because it's, so many things have happened. And it's just been such a wild series. So, yeah, I you, you party would want to say like, oh, if it goes seven, the Dodgers will win because they're home. But that thirteen to twelve game pretty much told you everything you need need to know about the series. It, yeah. Certainly, anything can happen. So, I I have no idea. <laughs> Let me ask you this because. Really, win or lose for the Astros or the Dodgers or however this series ends up, this series, obviously, we've talked about it, and it's been mentioned. One of the best in the history of baseball, and it's really been one of those great World Series of all time that you're going to wish you stood up for if you didn't. Um, what does this, this series do for the game of baseball? Let me ask you that, Jess, because it's been mentioned a lot, you know, as these games have been going on, aligned with, like, Thursday night football, Monday night football. Baseball's been doing pretty well ratings-wise. Does this start a trend of, oh, baseball is fun? Because a lot of Red Sox fans watch these games and go, why can't my team have fun like that? Carlos Correa on that walk-off um, in Game 5, he jumped out of the dugout after the base hit was hit, is sw- doing a windmill, encircling himself, and then tells him to slide. As he slides, he books it out to second base and celebrates. Like No one on this Red Sox team, I can think, would actually do that. Uh, maybe except for Christian Vasquez, because he's kind of a psychopath in the head. But look, baseball is fun, and these guys are actually showing it. So can this World Series help baseball get back in the right direction? I think so, absolutely. As I watch Jock Peterson at a home run and run around the bases and go nuts. Yeah, I do. I love Jock Peterson. Jock Peterson is so good for this game. He just went crazy. Three to one Dodgers now. Oh, that's uh, seven games. Which is lining us up more for game seven. Um, But to answer your question, yeah, I mean, if people watch baseball players having fun and people watching baseball have fun, I mean, it certainly can't hurt. And I loved seeing that stat the other night that um, the 13 to 12 game on Sunday got a better rating than Sunday Night Football. I can't tell you how happy that made me. I was, yeah, grinning, yeah. I was grinning ear to ear when I saw that stat. I was like, yes, screw football. Baseball takes over, as it should. I mean, for Christ's sake. It's the World Series Game 5 with 200-plus win teams and a stupid, meaningless middle-of-the-season Sunday Night Football game. Who cares? Baseball playoffs should, should be better in every single one of those games in those categories, but it doesn't happen because football is insanely popular. But just to see that, even though I think that should be the case all the time, made me extremely happy. Yeah, I think people are going to start to see, and you know, we've talked about it a little bit on other shows here on the network, as well as hinted here. Football's product is kind of dwindling down, right? It's getting watered down. It's a it's crappy team. Like it's crap. Patriots are six and two, and they shouldn't be. Like things like that, right? It's a crap league at this point in terms of talent and the pool that's going around. Um, sure. So baseball should start to see some swing, and they are, and I think this series can only help. So that's a long-term question. That's a long-term answer. Who knows where baseball is going to go, but this series, um, 
definitely, definitely, definitely will only help. We'll leave it there for the week. Hopefully there's a Game 7 because this series deserves it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook, Red Sox Beat Podcast. Subscribe to us, rate, review on iTunes. It would be huge. Uh, we're looking to get bigger and better next season. A lot of things in the works potentially, so we'll see kind of where next season holds us. But we're going to be here all off season for you doing these half-hour shows because we want to make sure we keep talking about all the up-to-date news of what's going on with the Red Sox. Um, we'll talk about Alex Corris Presser when that comes. So we'll, we have you covered here uh, for CLNS Media. At, at CLNS Media is the network on Twitter. Search CLNS Media on Facebook as well. And don't forget FanDuel.com backslash Red Sox Beat to join our listener league every week playing fantasy football on FanDuel and that promo code Red Sox Beat as well. And a big shout to our friend at Harry's Razors. If you go to Harry's.com backslash Red Sox, you'll get a chance. Uh, $13 value box shipped to you. Just got to pay for shipping to get it to you. Uh, it's a great product. It obviously saves, cuts out the middleman, and it's a great product as well. So um, for Jess Thomas, I am Jared Scalino, Lauren Campbell, kicking it old school this week. This has been Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Media. We'll be back next week wrapping up the World Series, wrapping up 2017, and officially heading into the offseason. Until then, talk to, talk to you.